0: Blackhawks four from the finley chevrolet box sports las vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your host darren millard and ryan wallace
1: hour number two rolling along here on the bgk insider show there more there have been more picks in the 2022 nhl inch It has been quite astounding, quite fun to to keep an eye on what's happening as it's happening. As we've already mentioned, the Montreal Canadiens select Uri Slavkovsky. First overall, the New Jersey Devils went with defenseman Simon Nemich. Uh, At third, the Arizona Coyotes went Logan Cooley, a center uh, from Pittsburgh originally. He's got some flair to his game. Really uh, interesting player there and perhaps it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of see how this all turns out. A lot of people expected Shane Wright to go first overall to the Montreal Canadiens. It didn't happen, then you start to understand some of the organizational needs for the Devils um certainly wanted to go with a defenseman instead of a center. Uh, but then you get to four, you get to Shane Wright and the Seattle Kraken. So, you know, for Seattle, I think they're getting a really good player. It's, it's a solid, solid draft day, uh, solid opportunity to pick up uh, what could be a difference maker for the Seattle Kraken. So Shane Wright, well done there. And then for me at number five, uh, if there was a, a player with a name built, for the team that drafted him. It would be Cutter Goche going fifth overall to the Philadelphia Flyers, a left winger. So uh, that's top five right now in the draft. But but the Montreal Canadiens continue to make splashes at the entry draft, this time with a trade. And it happened. I don't know if you know this, Chapman, but it happened. Gary Bettman walked up to the stage amid a, a smattering of boos a smattering of booze to announce not just one, but two trades, and they both involved the Montreal Canadiens, general manager Kent Hughes, making some things happen, and here is, or here are the trades. The Montreal Canadiens traded Alexander Romanoff and the 98th overall pick to the New York Islanders for the 13th overall pick, and then the Canadiens Turned the 13th overall pick. They flipped it with the 66th overall pick to Chicago for Kirby Dock. So in a matter of hours, the Chicago Blackhawks have traded Alex DeBrinckit, 24 years old, two-time 40-goal scorer, and Kirby Doc, 21 years old, needing a new contract, and clearly a player that Chicago had lost faith in. So you trade... Two of your younger assets, if you 're the Chicago Blackhawks in a matter of hours, and you get for your for your troubles uh, the number seven overall pick and the number thirteen overall pick, Chapman, I brought up the the idea, the thought that the Chicago Blackhawks might trade Kirby Doc,, yeah. and you about lost your mind <laughs> yes, so the Chicago Blackhawks. Have traded Alex
0: De and Kirby Doc for four picks. Is Dominic Kubelik next? Oh boy. I mean I mean seriously. Maybe. I, I uh, Yeah. Are 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 they going to take the Arizona Coyote approach to, to hockey for the next five seasons? Because it certainly looks like this is a team that has just quit playing NHL hockey for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um look, it's great that, that you're so, you're getting all these draft picks. The reality is Mm-hmm. It's a crapshoot. We nobody has any idea which player is going to turn out to be. I mean, there there was a time where someone thought Neil Yakupov was was going to be a great player. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's a total crapshoot, and and you don't know. I don't understand. I I, I get the rebuilds. Look, mm-hmm. you you're not going to be good. I understand. You if the the worst thing is to be mediocre, but you were already going to be bad. You weren't going to make the playoffs regardless. So I don't understand giving yeah. up established NHL players, and I and I know Doc hasn't exactly. He's been hurt too, so so to be fair, he suffered a pretty nasty injury a couple of years ago that kind of derailed his season. So, uh, I'm not so sure why I'm giving up on a player I drafted third overall just three years ago, a kid who's mm-hmm. 21 years old. Like I, that's a head scratcher for me. They're both head scratchers, but that one even more so than trading to Brinkett because I mean. The kid's twenty-one. Why are you giving up on a twenty-one-year-old kid to just go ahead and draft another kid who's not going to be ready for the NHL right away? It, it, it mm-hmm. makes no sense. That that is. I, if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I'm getting rid of my my season sure. tickets. I'm I'm not watching the crap that they're going to put on the ice next season.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting, right? Because like you look at you look at what. Montreal's been able to do, and this one to me is really interesting in that we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Who are the Montreal Canadiens going to select first overall? They went with Uriah Slavkovsky, the winger, and we talked about well, there's nothing down the middle. They have no depth down the middle. They've got Nick Suzuki and they've got Christian Dvorak and you know Jake Evans. There like there there are players that can play down the middle, but it's not like as strong as it can be now. What the Montreal Canadiens have done instead of selecting Shane Wright, they went out and they got both. They went out and they got their winger in Slavkovsky, but they also went out and got their number two center in Kirby Dock. Right, like this is a this is an organization in the Montreal Canadiens that had had addressed needs. Right, if you can in the first round or throughout this weekend, if you can get yourself a depth center and you can get yourself a top flight winger you go ahead and do it and i think what what's interesting here is we didn't see all of the parts of what the canadians were trying to do and how they were trying to rebuild through this draft until the kirby doc trade but if you believe in kirby doc if you believe that a third overall pick a center iceman can kind of grow with a change of scenery, and I'll tell you, if there's a guy that's going to be able to pull a little bit of offense out of somebody, it's probably Martin St. Louis as the coach. I think this is a really smart move from the Montreal Canadiens, and I think they've done some really fine work in the first hour of the draft.
0: Yeah, it makes me wonder if they had a, if they had the deal in place before they, they drafted. You know, like like mm-hmm. maybe maybe they went into this with the idea, look, we've got an agreement in place for Doc uh, we'll, we'll get our number two center there—a guy who's played, you know, not not a ton, but a handful of games in the NHL. A guy who who clearly was was highly rated um, just not too long ago. So I, I I get that, you know, like I I I think they they probably had at least some type of agreement, maybe not fully, but they knew that when they drafted Slavkovsky that they were going to pull the trigger on this deal with Chicago. And and if that's the case, then yeah. then it's. It's really a, a a good move by the Canadians, and look, the draft is in Montreal. They had to make a splash. They went and done it. They they went and did it. Boy, good English, Chris. They went and mm-hmm. did it there. Uh, they they made yeah. the big splash. So so good good on them. And uh, Chicago takes a kid who probably wasn't rated in the top ten. I'm thinking. <laughs> so uh, so
1: yeah the the Chicago <laughs> the, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, from the Seattle Thunderbirds take defenseman Kevin Korchinski with the 7th overall pick. So, in in fairness to Chicago, they they go with a defenseman as the pick that's sort of replacing Alex DeBrinkert so you can kind of get away from immediate um comparisons because I think you're always going to link this number 7 overall pick to the trading of Alex Dabrinkit and you're going to want the player to live up or at least be a proxy to what you lost in Dabrinkit. at To me it makes a lot of sense to go with a defenseman and it really the more interesting one is, is to see what Chicago is going to do with the 13th overall pick but Kevin Korchinski goes number 7 to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Columbus Blue Jackets at number 6. They went with a defenseman as well. Dave David Yurecek. So, you know, again, when it comes to Chicago, this is the part that I just have a hard time understanding. This is the part that I, I am struggling with when it comes to the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't, I don't care that they are tearing it all down. I don't care that they are trying to rebuild. But, but you don't rebuild by stripping down the young pieces. You can build around. With DeBrinket and Doc, if you were pulling apart this roster, if you were tearing down the Taves and the Canes, if you were moving on from that old guard, then I'm with you. I'm with you. But to me, like you don't start a rebuild with trading Alex DeBrinket and trading Kirby Doc. You don't. You just don't start that way. And, like, if I'm Patrick Kane, right now in this moment today, knowing what Patrick Kane has meant to that organization, knowing what he has been able to do with players as a winger, who the hell is he going to play with? (laughs) Who's his center? Are Are you legitimately going into next year, if you're Chicago, legitimately going into next year with Kane and Taves on the same line? They are going to be terrible, Chris. Yeah. They, they, and like, at least, at least if they had to brink it and dock, like, you can say, okay, maybe they'll be very bad for like two or three years, but over time, right? Over time, you can see it getting better quicker. Right now, what's there? <laughs> Nothing.
0: <laughs> Henrik Bergstrom. There you go. There's it, your like, first it, line center. It,
1: it is. It's it's astounding to me. It really is. And who knows, maybe there's something else in the works, but like for a team that went out and traded a first round pick number 8 overall and what ended up being the 6th round pick in this draft for Seth Jones and signed him to a ridiculous contract just last year. What, what like it 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 doesn't Compute. It doesn't make sense. I do not understand the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. And and if this is all done, if this is all done, Chapman, for them to nudge Taves and Kane to say, you know what? Pfft, get us out of here. We want out. Trade us right now. And you you completely turn the page? Alright. Okay. I'm fine with that. But unless that happens, if the Chicago Blackhawks go into this year with Taves and Kane still under still on their team. This rebuild is already a failure.
0: Yeah, and already. And and look, let's be realistic. Right now, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks, your your rebuild is going to mm-hmm. be centered around a 27-year-old defenseman who's never won anything in the NHL. <laughs> like that's what your rebuild is is you that's who you're rebuilding around. You're rebuilding around Seth Jones. And if I'm him, I'm looking at this and saying, wait a minute, what the hell am I doing here? The prime of my career, mm-hmm. I'm going to be playing yep. on a team that's drafting in the lottery for uh, for the next two or three years? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Trade me. That's the thing, right? Like You you sit there and
1: you talk yourself into, well, a 20, 29-year-old Alex Dabrinkit at the end of the rebuild isn't going to help you. Yeah, it will. Yes, it will. A, a goal scorer like Alex Debrincat isn't going to help you when you've got your next crop of young talent moving the needle, and you you can have him as a support piece. But you're 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 going to say like you have to move on right now from Debrincat. You have to move on right now from Kirby Doc. Yet, by the time you are remotely relevant, you're going to have Seth Jones at nine and a half million dollars. In his mid thirties, like you can't sell me on Alex Debrincat being part of the solution, but Seth Jones
0: is. Yeah, it it makes it makes it, no sense. It it legitimately it's makes unreal. Like what what are they? I I guess my my question is, what are they looking to accomplish? Like, I understand the concept of tearing it all down and building it back up. But you don't tear it all down by trading away a 21-year-old who you've basically had zero glimpse of seeing him because one year was the COVID year, and then he got hurt, I think, the following year. So it, it you don't tear it down by, by, by trading away a 26-year-old 40-goal scorer and a 21-year-old kid that you drafted third overall just three years ago. That's not how you tear it down. Those are supposed to be part of the solution. Those players are, are supposed to be part of your future. Not Seth Jones at twenty-seven years old because right now he's the only player outside of Tays and Kane that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: is worth anything. Like they legitimately have nothing. You you have Dominic Kubalik who's twenty-six, but he's an RFA. I mean, he's got it. He's probably like crap. Now what? I'm I'm the rebuild Mm -hmm. piece. Like he's a good player, but I I I mean he's not elite. I. (laughs) I I don't so, know I don't know Ryan it, th- this that's an organization that you you really wonder how on earth they got to this point I mean I know they gave out some big contracts guys like Duncan Keith and and those deals but they moved on they tr- they were able to trade those guys away but so the the
1: thing the thing that I find interesting is ordinarily in these situations when we're talking about chicago making a trade with with ottawa we're talking about chicago making a trade with montreal it's usually looking at ottawa looking at montreal as the the pawns in, in this scenario to me it's a full role reversal the, the chicago blackhawks in my opinion based on what their goal is and who is still on their roster this has been a disaster of a trade that a, a, a trade day or a, a, I'm sorry, of a draft day and, and frankly it's short-sighted it, it to me makes no sense and when you're coming out of these deals with Ottawa as the team that clearly lost that was clearly fleeced that's a problem that's a problem for the Chicago Blackhawks now I want to turn my attention now to the Ottawa Senators because getting a player like Alex Debrinkett into Ottawa is a big, big deal. You've got him at $6.4 million. He's restricted free agent after next season. So there, there's team control. That's a positive. There's no extension worked out yet. Will it get there? We'll see. But you've got a couple of seasons you would expect with Alex it You've got Brady Kachuk. You've got Drake Batherson. You've got Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris. Like, There's a lot of young young skilled talented forwards on this ottawa senators team on defense i think they probably need a, a piece or two uh, i'd argue they need a goaltender that they truly believe in anton forsberg maybe the guy maybe they do something in free agency we know they were shopping matt murray earlier today but this is a big off season for Pierre Dorian in that this team needs to be better. They should be rounding into form, at least offensively. Uh, are, are you pleasantly surprised today by Pierre Dorian and what he was able to do?
0: Yeah, because we, we, we remember a few weeks ago the Ottawa Senators, at least the, the news out of Ottawa, was that they wanted to make a splash this off season. They wanted to do something big. I hope they're not done. They've got $20 million in cap space, and that's including acquiring DeBrinkett. So the opportunity is there for them to go out and do something else. I think they, they're they going to have a pretty decent first line because I think Brady Kachuk, Alex DeBrinkett, and Drake Bratherson is a pretty decent combination of players. Uh, the question is, what's after that? What's behind those guys? And you mentioned some of the young players. I like Matthew Joseph. I, I think that was a guy that Tampa did not want to give up, but they had to in order to acquire Nick Paul. So... Uh, I thought that was a pretty good piece of business by them. Uh, and Tim Stutzla, a guy who was a high draft pick not too long ago and, and a guy who's fair, fairly well. Um, and Josh Norris, another really young player that they've got on this team. But they've got a couple RFAs that they've got to resign. sign um, Chris Tierney, I, I think, is a guy that maybe uh, they'll, they'll want to bring back. But we'll see. I, I, I hope they're not done because I, I, I feel bad for the Ottawa fans because it's <laughs> it, it, it's a city that... that they they were one of the original teams, and then they went away. But they've struggled for so long. They, they just have, have been – there really hasn't been a whole lot to cheer for. I mean, you had a, a run to well, the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago when, when you had guys like Eric Carlson and Mark Stone on that team. Then they blew it all up. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a fan base that deserves a, a little bit more. And look, they have money. Go out and spend it. Finally, Finally become a player. You know the, the 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 teams in Canada. Uh, it would be funny, and I, and I know I'm I'm way way putting the cart before the horse here, but I still think it would be funny if the if the Canadian team that ended up breaking the drought was Ottawa, because it, w- <laughs> it, it, it would just be hysterical if that was the case. But uh, Ryan, I I I think. They're going to do something else. What it is, I don't know. I I don't know if they'll make a big splash, but I do think they're going to sign a couple other players. Uh, Defensively, I I, I like Shabbat. I think he's a really good player, and Zaitsev is a guy who I like. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're they're not completely empty. The cupboard's not empty. The biggest problem they have is the division they play in is tough, Um, and, and there's a long way to go between... because they play in the same division as a Red Wings team that seems to be improving every year as well. So... Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I I hope they're not done. I hope they go out and do something else. You know what? Go out and sign Johnny Goudreau. Why the hell not?
1: Yeah. You know, Johnny Goudreau is an interesting one. I think for the Ottawa senators, the, the likely target in free agency is going to be Claude Giroux. It just makes a lot of sense. Um, Claude Giroux would be kind of bridging that gap for, and Brady Kachuk, it's his team, but there's uh, a certain level of, of bringing in that veteran leadership that you need to bring a young team along. I think Giroux makes a lot of sense there. Um, I wouldn't rule out Ottawa making a trade for a defenseman either. I don't know who or when, but I do think that they're going to be in the market to upgrade because this is an important offseason for the Ottawa Senators and, and one that certainly ha- has longer term implications for not just the Ottawa Senators organization, but Pierre Dorian, like he's got to manifest. He's got to turn this team into something that pushes on the door of the playoffs. So, uh, It'll be interesting to see what, what happens from there, but the Ottawa Senators certainly having themselves quite a day. Same thing with Pierre Dorian, who went from perhaps one of the worst proposed trades that I've seen to one of the best in landing Alex Debrinkit just uh, for, for the number seventh overall pick, uh, the number 39 overall pick, and a 2024 third round pick. So a first, a second, and a third for Alex Debrinkit. And the Ottawa Senators have another player in their already young and highly touted offensive arsenal. When we come back, we've got one-timers, and boy, do we have a lot to get to. I feel like on draft day, there's just too much stuff to keep up on. Whatever we don't get to today, we're going to bring back tomorrow. But one-timers, that's coming up next. However, we do have a pair of tickets right now to give away to the battle for vegas you know it's team riley smith and he will be t- it's t- uh, riley smith versus the raiders it's going to be fun it's going to be entertaining and it's the battle for vegas monday july 18th a pair of tickets for you just be caller number seven 702 702- Oh my gosh, 876-1340. I forgot the number. 702-876-1340 is the number. All that time, I'm yelling at Darren Millard for forgetting it, and I absolutely (laughs) forgot the number. (laughs) 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number seven, you have won a pair of tickets to the battle for Vegas. We're back with one-timers next on the VGK Insider Show. (laughs) Maybe a two-on-one.
0: Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show.
1: One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. Look at news and notes from around the NHL. Of course, the 2022 NHL entry draft is front of mind as we are going through the first round right now, but we're going to open it up. We're going to talk about established NHL players, and we're going to start with Marc-Andre Fleury. I know that this is going to come as a surprise to some here in Las Vegas, but Marc-Andre Fleury has decided to re-sign with the Minnesota Wild. It is a two-year, $7 million contract, so it's $3.5 million average annual value, Full no-move clause for Marc-Andre Fleury, but he re-signs with the Minnesota Wild. If, Chapman, if the goal is to win, why Minnesota?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't quite, especially after they traded away Fiala. I don't know how, I, I, I can't realistically look at this Wild team today and say they're closer to winning the Stanley Cup right now than they were when the St. Louis Blues knocked them out of the playoffs. I think they're going to take a step back. And the, my question is where does this leave Cam Talbot? Because I mean Cam Talbot had a really good season for them last year. He was an all star and they kind of crapped all over him at the end of the season. So um you know, I I I, I if I'm flurry, this isn't the place I, I, I want to sign because I, I think there's other teams that are looking for a goalie that are probably closer. But at the end of the day What's the goal is to win. Yes, yes. Yeah. if the goals win, but if the goal is to get I, paid, then maybe maybe Minnesota made the most sense for him.
1: Do you think marc Andre Fleury could have gotten 3.5 on the open market somewhere else?
0: Yes, I do. I think someone would have given them that. So, the question is who?
1: So I I I mean Edmonton probably right? Like yeah. it's possible. To me, I look at this and I don't understand it from either side at all. Outside of it worked, it was comfortable. Like everything, everything was fine with with the fit. But from a hockey perspective, from Minnesota, it makes no sense. For Mark Andre Fleury, if, if the goal is to win, it makes no sense. Yeah, absolutely no sense for a team for a team with twelve point seven five million dollars in dead cap space to commit next season. Seven point two million dollars to goaltending is asinine. It's 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 ridiculous. Unless they're going to trade Cam Talbot. Either way, what what is that going to bring back for you? Well, right, nothing. This is a team that got arguably less potent offensively. They are about the same in goal, assuming that they don't make a trade of Cam Talbot, and if they trade Cam Talbot. I don't know that I'm trusting Mark Andre Fleury at 37 years old. Well, yeah, and the thing is, and, you, and you not, traded away. And your it's backup not just goalie Andre. as well,
0: or, and, or it would and it's not, your not your just Mark goalie. Andre
1: Fleury. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real honest here. I don't trust goaltenders in their late 30s. I just don't. I just don't. At some point in time, it falls off a cliff, right? Call it Mike Smith continually falling off a cliff i don't know <laughs> but i don't trust goaltenders that are in their mid to late 30s i just don't do it I, oh. I can't do it i don't understand it it doesn't make any sense to me for the minnesota wild to go back to the well with mark andre flurry and it doesn't make any sense for me if i'm flurry wanting to win another stanley cup to resign with minnesota a team that is further away right now from the stanley cup than they were last year
0: yeah i mean they it didn't work last year, so I don't I don't know why you go back to the well. It's like the coyote in, in the Looney Tunes cartoons trying to catch a roadrunner. Acme doesn't work, but he keeps going back to them. the The, the tandem of Cam Talbot and marc Andre Fleury did not work in the playoffs. Why are you going to try that 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 again? I I don't understand it. And unless if you're the Minnesota Wild, you you may be losing, or you did lose some popular players the last couple of years. Who knows the situation with Kirill Kaprizov? So this might be a PR move. Like, hey, he's a really popular... The fans love him. He's a really popular guy. We need to have a popular guy on this team. I don't know if that's the case, but I, I don't see this working unless they trade Cam Talbot, and then you have no backup. So, I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, th- it's, it's another one of those moves where you're like, eh, I, I don't think this is going to work out well.
1: There was another trade today in the NHL. uh, We've gotten to a couple of them, including one that Commissioner Gary Bettman announced during the draft. Uh, This one involved the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche traded their 2022 third and fifth round picks and a third in 2023 for the New York Rangers goalkeeper Alexander Georgiev. So going into next season, Colorado will have a tandem of Georgiev and Pavel Francouz, meaning Darcy Kemper finds himself on the outs with Colorado. Colorado, for a team I think that probably wants to try to re-sign the likes of Val Natchewskine, re-sign maybe Nazem Kadri, Josh Manson. There's a lot of players that I think Colorado puts as, as a higher priority than Darcy Kemper, which is crazy uh, when you think about it. But... It looks like Darcy Kemper's on the outs. Colorado Avalanche are going to go with a tandem of, of Georgiev and Fransos. Your thoughts?
0: I like the move for Colorado because I think Georgiev is is a really good goalie. We've gotten to see him play yeah. a couple times when the Rangers have come to town. We never got to see Hank play for the Rangers. and, and... I don't think we've gotten to see Shesterkin play here because Giorgiev has played, I think, every game outside of the first game. And I can't remember who the Rangers' backup goalie was that night, but he played in that one. So uh, we've seen a lot of Giorgiev, and there's been times where he's looked really, really good. And then this past season, he was terrible. But um, I, I like the move for Colorado because, like I said, Giorgiev is, is a good backup. Frantzos, I think, is a, is a really underrated goalie. Um, look, and and... I, I feel like this is a team, as you mentioned, they, they want to uh, get be able to re-sign some players. Uh, this gives them a little more flexibility. And for the Rangers, look, they 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 get a guy out who, who was probably begging for more playing time. They get a couple draft picks out of it. They get a little more flexibility to do something in free agency. And I, I think it's one of those trades where you look back and you're like, you know what? This isn't bad for either side.
1: It makes sense for Colorado because there's no way they're going to meet the number for Darcy Kemper, right? Right. If if you look at some of the reports, Darcy Kemper is looking for a deal similar to Jacob Markstrom. Six years, just under $6 million average annual value. I think Darcy Kemper is a good goaltender. I don't think that he's a $6 million guy over the course of six seasons. So if I'm Colorado i'm comfortable in going with a tandem because you've done it you've won you've got your stanley cup i don't think you need a true number one on that team not the way that kale mccarr controls the game the question now becomes who's gonna pay darcy kemper like there's the usual suspects you've got toronto looking for a goalie because it doesn't seem like jack campbell's going to be a long-term fit there he's probably gonna test the market someone's gonna pay for jack campbell it it's it could be Edmonton, right? Like Edmonton makes sense. Darcy Kemper's available. I think Edmonton was in on him last year. Perhaps the Oilers finally finally address address their goaltending. But who do you see as the likely suitor for Darcy Kemper?
0: I think Toronto is is probably a a situation that may work for him. Although I wouldn't discount Edmonton. Look, he's he's from the plains. He he grew up in Saskatchewan, so he he is a a uh, Plains province guy. So maybe, I don't know who he grew up rooting for. It's possible he grew up rooting for Edmonton. I don't know who people in Saskatoon root for. They don't have their own team. So, um, you know, Edmonton makes sense for a lot of reasons as well. But I think Toronto, it it sounds crazy, Ryan, but I think Toronto's closer to winning than Edmonton is. Because I think, (laughs) I I, want to believe that outside of Tampa, I think the Maple Leafs were probably the second best team in the East this year. Yeah, so I, I I think they're a little bit closer just based on my my really sad kind of gut feeling. Uh, if I'm Toronto, I'm making a run at him. Look, he's a guy who's won a cup. Uh, he 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 clearly is a really good goalie. I don't know why you'd mm-hmm. give up on Jack Campbell because I think Jack Campbell's really good too. But I think Kemper's probably maybe a notch above Jack Campbell. Uh, we we've seen Darcy Kemper play really really lights out hockey when he was with a terrible Coyotes team. I I think there's probably a couple of other suitors out there. Who are they? I I don't know. But Darcy Kemper is probably going to get pretty. I will say this. I think somebody's probably going to give Darcy Kemper the amount of money you said. I don't know if he's worth that much, but somebody's going to pay him that much. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest obstacle for the Toronto Maple Leafs in landing Darcy Kemper is finding somebody to take Peter Morazic off their hand. If they if they're able to do that, then I think it opens the door for potentially Darcy Kemper to go and play with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll find out. We'll see how that kind of unfolds. But to me, it's it's pretty fascinating. Thanks for thanks for winning us a Stanley Cup, Darcy Kemper. But you're out after just one season. Uh, okay, this is an interesting one, in that. I don't feel like we have enough time to truly get into the meat and potatoes of this but chris letang will retire a pittsburgh penguin he signed a six-year 36.6 million dollar contract extension with the penguins today it's 6.1 million dollars every season for the next six at the end of the contract chris letang will be checks notes 41 years old um listen chris letang's elite chris letang's a great defenseman one of the best defensemen in penguin history there is a premium you pay to have players retire as a lifetime member of an organization unless you're Sidney crosby like Sidney crosby he's going to play to 8.7 million dollars until he retires and he's probably going to be every bit that and more Chris Letang's deal is going to be fine for the first three or four years. The final two are going to be rough. They're going to be rough. They just are. And that's what fans are going to have to remind themselves of when they spent all this time complaining about the idea that in reality, it's probably best if Latang doesn't retire a Penguin because it means you have a quicker course to being a true contender again You are going to end up paying in the long run because Chris Letang retiring a Penguin means that when it falls off, when the wheels come off, it's going to come off and it's going to come off hard, and they're not going to be very good.
0: Yeah, the question is when do the wheels come off because he's thirty-five, just signed a a long extension. He's going to be that's going to take him till he's in his forties. You know, he's he's still a really good player at thirty-five. I, I, I don't know about this from the penguin standpoint unless they're thinking, look, we've got maybe one or two more chances to really make a run at this. If we suck after we're okay with that, if it means we we, we have one more chance to win the cup with this group of players. Uh, because I, I, I did see the penguins Instagram and uh there was some some maybe some cryptic <laughs> messages in the replies. I don't know if I yeah, don't know so, what, what, what that means. So the penguins
1: the Penguins' uh, Instagram announced the deal. They announced the contract extension for Chris Letang, and in the comments, Evgeny Malkin um, dropped the quote, "I hope I don't have to play against you." In the in the official Instagram post of the Penguins announcing Chris Latang's contract extension. So I, I don't know. Like I I feel like there's enough money to get Malkin done. Um, if you're going to pay the term to to get Latang over the goal line, I can't imagine you're not gonna do the same with Malkin.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right on that. The other the other thing that I thought was really funny about one of the replies from Malkin was he, he apparently now is playing general manager because he wants them to re-sign Kasperi Kapanen as well. So mm-hmm. uh, um, you know it's it's funny because I I you look at the roster of the Penguins and they've got a couple guys who who are on the wrong side of 35. Don't forget, Jeff Carter is in there as well. But you bring back Malkin. he's He was banged up a bit this year. So I don't know uh, if you're Pittsburgh, how, how deep you want to go down the rabbit hole. But like I said, if you think you, you have one more shot to maybe make a run, you owe it to yourself to go through, go, go for it. Uh, I just don't like the way it's going to look for the Penguins in a couple of years. I mean, they're going to be in a similar situation as as teams like the Blackhawks and and Arizona where they're just looking to shed salary because they're paying all these old guys a ton of money
1: those are your one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell more lawyers less fee our look around the NHL news and notes uh, before we get to catching up with Chapman on the other side of the break we're going to give away another picket, up uh, another pair of tickets to the battle for Vegas celebrity softball game charity softball game Caller number three, 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number three, you're a winner. Catching up with Chapman is next.
0: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, one of our uh, co-workers, Jared, who, who fills in for me from time to time, when you sent out mm-hmm. the mailbag today, he he threw out an interesting question. What's a meal that you could buy for under $20 that you could eat for a few days? Now, I do question why Jared asked us this question. Like, <laughs> Is it a situation where he needs to find a meal under $20 that he could eat for a few days, or is he just curious? Yeah. So uh, I threw yeah. out a uh, rotisserie chicken from Costco uh, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like if you're versatile in the kitchen, there's a lot of things that you could do with a rotisserie chicken like i one of the things i like to do is i like to cut the cut it up and i'll make like little tacos with it some cheese and maybe tomatoes and sour cream or yep. one of the other things i like to do is i I'll, I'll cut it up and i'll throw it in a in a pan and i'll throw some adobo seasoning in there little butter and it, it's great as long as you don't add too much adobo you're you're good but uh yeah i i i think the uh rotisserie chicken from Costco they're about 6 bucks i think and they're they're pretty big chickens um, I don't know where Costco gets them from, but they're they're pretty good. So, uh, Jared, if you're listening, that's my answer. <laughs> I saw Willie Ramirez, our buddy from Cofield and Company, also covers Golden Knights, yeah. and and uh, he's he's yeah. like a well known sports writer around town. Best one of the best dressed guys I've ever met too. He threw out some Thai food and uh, got me got me thinking. You know what? That's actually not a bad choice either. But I don't know if I could go with the soup and fried Thai Thai rice. I I, I like the pineapple fried rice. I'm I'm, I'm all about that.
1: Pineapple fried rice is really good. Honestly, like, I would probably go with a chili, right? Like, because you're looking oh, for yeah, something yeah. that is Fillings. that is super hearty, you know? Uh, there's different ways that you can dress up chili. So maybe chili. I, I haven't really thought too much about it, but maybe we'll get to my ideal under $20 meal for a couple of days tomorrow. We're back with you to wrap up the week next tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.